Hey everybody, welcome back to We're Not Scott and Cassie Lang, but we do have a father-daughter podcast about the MCU. I am your host, Lauren, and we have our co-host, my dad, Nate. Hey everybody. Hey Lauren, I, I don't know if you know this, but if you go to Google and you search Scott and Cassie Lang podcast, we are the first result. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why anybody would be looking that up, but we're number impressive. one. Yeah, yeah, Honestly, we're number one. I'll take it. I mean, hey, that segues us right into um, our little MCU monthly update. Did you have you seen the Quantum Mania trailer? Nope. Oh, ouch! <laughs> Doesn't look so good. How, when did yeah. it come out? Oh, yeah, it was last week. Yeah. I I, I okay. read something about it. Tell me what happens. Yeah, well, but by the time this drops, everyone has definitely seen it except for you. But um, <laughs> it's it's pretty interesting. It's definitely a tonal shift from the first two Ant Man movies because it is very like spacey, intergalactic vibes. Okay. A lot. It's like a a big world for these very small characters and they're up against Kang. It's very scary Ooh. stuff. Yeah. So the theory is that Scott is going to die by the end of this movie. That's kind of the general consensus okay. slash fear of okay. everyone. But Cassie's grown up now from, as we know, since Endgame. Um, and Scott, Cassie, Hope, Hank, Janet, they are all on their next adventure through, I don't know, probably the multiverse. <laughs> I love those guys. Yeah, I know. It's it's going to be interesting to see them paired with that kind of project, for sure. Yeah, It's kind of interesting that, that that dropped before this episode for uh, Captain Marvel because Ant-Man and the Wasp, she was kind of like the first title character yeah. like female title character even though she was sharing it with the ant-man i don't think there was another one before her as far as the no you're right releases, yeah because right? That was the wasp was the first one yeah yeah and captain marvel's 2019 so true yeah the first one okay. in the title yep so we got that we also got yesterday they dropped the trailer for the guardians of the galaxy holiday special Oh, what? Be, yeah, dropping in December, I think. Now, when you say holiday special, I just automatically think cartoon, but that's not what's happening. Here, no. Right? Okay. The premise, basically, from the trailer, and I'll, I'll let you watch it when we finish recording this, because you're going to like it, but um, is Peter's sad because Gamora's dead, and so the Guardians are like, he loves Christmas. We're going to go to Earth and get him and make him have the best Christmas ever. Oh. And I think um, Mantis and Drax are trying to kidnap Kevin Bacon. Uh <laughs> 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 and that's what it looks like. Oh, so, this is great. Yeah, that's going to be fun for the holidays. Um, it's, a spe it's another special presentation, so... It's got that same intro as Werewolf by Night. I'm not sure how long it's, it's going to be, but if it's going to be Werewolf by Night length or not. But Okay, so not episodes. No. A long special presentation. Episode, a, a mini movie. Yeah, special yeah. presentation. Okay, got yeah. it. Yep. 
and then that we're kind of working backwards here, but like Werewolf by Night came out a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you're a huge mm-hmm. fan. You I'm showed a huge fan. showed me the we watched it together. Yes, you introduced it to me. I loved it. It was great. Yep. Yeah, it's. I think the general consensus is everyone really likes it. I wouldn't say there's a ton of hype surrounding it, but I don't. I can't think of anybody who disliked it. Yeah. So. That was great. And then we also had the She-Hulk finale, which was, for a lot of people, myself included, a game changer with She-Hulk. Super fun stuff. Really it just... It was bonkers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, was, crazy, what was game fun changing way. about it? I think it just kind of changed, a, at least for me, I was feeling like the show was a little sloppy or starting to feel a little sloppy, but the that crazy twist sort of tied up all the loose ends and made it feel like the sloppiness was intentional. But okay. I know some people disagree with that, but I think the general consensus is that most people loved the finale and it was a pretty good show. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I told you what I thought about how, to me, everything Marvel was pretty like, just getting better from the early days but all still in the same vibe and then wandavision came out and i feel Mm -hmm. like she just unlocked the door for all these zany different strange weird iterations of marvel so werewolf by night she hulk they're so different yeah that's what's been really fun about phase four yeah so fun i love it okay what else I think the only thing that I can add off the top of my head is that at the time we're recording this, the Wakanda Forever uh, premiere is actually still happening. Um, I don't think they're out of the theater yet, so that's tonight. And then the movie will come out actually pretty much a week from the day we drop this episode. Okay, so, so like November 13th, November, November 12th, 10th. 10th. Got it. Well, I mean, the official release date is yeah, the eleventh, yeah. but you know they'll they'll the drop Thursday down night. Yeah, yeah, the Thursday night. So that'll be fun. It's looking really good. The premiere was super, just from the live stream, super beautiful. Everyone looked incredible, um, and just really bittersweet with everybody missing Chadwick, but wanting to yeah, that's honor so him. Sad. Yeah. yeah. It's a big yeah. deal. Mm-hmm. The director, Ryan Coogler, was talking about how when the first movie came out, they didn't know how successful it was going to be. And he said that Chadwick was just so sure that it was going to be just like massive. And he was like assuring him that this movie was going to be so impactful and so powerful. And he was right. And it's, a, it's really sad that he's not here for the for the sequel, but I think that this movie is just going to blow us out of the water because it, it looks incredible. Mm. I'm so I ready. can't wait. Yeah, I, know. I can't wait. I'm trying to think what was the last Marvel movie in theater that I went to. It's got to just Love be Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, really looking forward to it. I mean, obviously, we're going to have a lot of people listening to this podcast, like, you know, who knows, years from now. And you yeah. guys all know how these yeah. things turned out. But to us, it's new we're, content. We're hyped. We're hyped. We're hyped. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, right, thanks for the updates. Yeah. So today, to think if I had any questions oh. for you. Okay. No, I don't. I don't think I do. There's no chance. There's. There's no point. I mean, do you think that there would be a Werewolf by Night sequel? Like I... the continuation of his story, or is it just gonna kind of had a nice bow on it? I think we're just gonna see these stories continued in other ways, but I don't know that they would sequel like like make another special presentation or something that's like <laughs> Werewolf by Night two. Like I don't think, but I could I could definitely see Jack popping up again, Elsa popping up again. You know, Jack and um, Moon Knight have a lot of interaction in the comics, so okay, there's that. A lot of people want to see them together, so that could definitely be a thing because we know Oscar Isaac is coming back. So yeah, yeah. Okay, and then tell me what the next movie is the the theater release after. Wakanda forever. Quantum Mania. You know? Quantum Mania. Okay. Yeah. Exciting. Yes. I know. We got fun stuff to look forward to for sure. But today we're talking about Captain Marvel, second mm-hmm. movie in the MCU timeline order as of now. <laughs> I mean, you never know when they're going to throw in another thing that throws mm-hmm. the whole timeline off. But for now, uh, today's episode, we're going to be covering Miss Carol Danvers herself. That's right. Um, yeah, you want to like recap recap this movie for us? Sure. Yeah, if you guys are just dropping in and haven't watched it recently, like us, we'll do a little recap. I'm lifting a lot of this from uh, the Wikipedia page. Thank you, Wikipedia. Yeah. But uh, it, the setting is 1995, so I'm class in 1996, so I'm already excited when I read mm-hmm. that and when I when I see we're dropping in <laughs> 1995. In 1995, on the Kree Empire's capital planet of Hala, Star Force member Veers suffers from amnesia and recurring nightmares involving an older woman. Jan Rog, her mentor and commander trains veers to control her abilities while the supreme intelligence the artificial intelligence that rules the kree urges her to keep her emotions in check so reminder for everybody yon rog is played by jude law which like i heard that they barely say his name in the movie um yeah yon, you know they barely ever call him yon rog because i guess in the comics yon rog and Captain Marvel are enemies all the time and he's like trying uh, to kill her or something so they didn't want to like spoil it but if you don't want to spoil that it's a bad guy don't cast him as Jude Law <laughs> <laughs> like like duh he's bad Jude Law's okay, got anyways, this creepy yeah, face yeah I don't like him very much <laughs> so successful actor did what he was supposed to do okay so anyways he keeps telling her to keep her emotions in check. You remember that's like the big thing, you know, the, the timeline. She looks back at her life. There's all these people telling her, like, stop being a girl. Get your emotions in check. You know, all that. Okay. During a mission to rescue an undercover operative infiltrating a group of scrolls, alien shapeshifters with whom the Kree are at war, Veers is captured by scroll commander Talos. I love Talos. He's such a good character. Yes. 
A probe of Veers' memories leads them to Earth. Remember, they hook her up to like that big machine. They got her arms and her, her feet and her yep. hands all in the box so that she can't use her powers. And they're reading her mind, reading some of her memories. There's like the guy that's like, you know why they call it a cockpit, don't you? You know, all <laughs> that kind of stuff. And uh, then she escapes from that. And she, I mean, Wikipedia's page says Veers escapes and crash lands in Los Angeles, but she just kills everybody on the ship later. Taylor oh, I wouldn't say she 20. kills them. No. He said 20. You killed out. 20 of my men. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> she was a little hyped about it. She Maybe he to... said took out 20. Of yeah. Them. But yeah, she was on the rampage. It was a great scene. Mm-hmm. I forget what song was going during that one. That wasn't the Nirvana song. No, at that's that later. Point. Yeah, I like the part where the alien like yells at her, and then she like goes like, (laughs) (laughs) "He's like, (laughs) yeah." (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, so she crash lands in L.A. You know, into the blockbuster video. Which, by the way, do you even know what a blockbuster is? I do. I remember blockbuster. Okay, I wasn't sure. You remember Hello Kitty, Hello Kitty uh, VHS tapes there? Yeah. Uh, all right, sure. So her presence attracts Shield agents Nick Fury and Phil Coulson, yes. CGI'd to the nines, mm-hmm. whose investigation is interrupted by a scroll attack. You know, she's like on the phone calling, calling uh, Jude Law, and then the scroll guy attacks her veers recovers a crystal containing her extracted memories in the ensuing chase while fury kills a scroll impersonating colson so he thinks he's riding around with colson chasing her on the little train that's the part where she gets in the fight with the old woman yes like it's just so epic that old lady Mm -hmm. gets up and starts kicking her butt because she's just Mm shape-shifting talos disguised as fury's boss keller orders fury to work with veers and keep tabs on her using her extracted memories veers and fury go to the project pegasus installation at a u.s air force base they discover that veers was a pilot presumed to have died in 1989 while testing an experimental light speed engine designed by dr wendy lawson whom veers recognizes as the woman from her nightmares fury informs shield of their location and a team arrives fury realizes that keller is talos shape-shifted and helps veers escape in a jet with lawson's stowaway cat goose why is the cat called goose the flurkin called goose by the way have a show note about it but it's a top gun reference Okay, that's what I yeah. thought, and I, I was like, "This is this has gotta yeah. be." No, it's okay. cute. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, because Top Gun would have come out before mm-hmm. 1989, yeah, 1995, and all that too. Then they fly to Louisiana, so they go to meet former pilot Maria Rambo, the last person to see Veers and Lawson alive. Rambo and her daughter Monica reveal that veers is carol danvers who was once like family to them so it's like a crazy reunion she walks in little monica's like carol auntie carol and it's a real touching moment but Mm -hmm. maria is pretty like put off by it 
real emotional scene where them kind of kind of reconnect. It's like actually one of my favorite scenes. Talos arrives unarmed and explains that the scrolls are refugees searching for a new home and that Lawson, the her the woman she dreams about, was actually Marvell, a renegade Cree scientist who turned to help the scrolls. Talos plays a recovered black box recording from Lawson's jet, prompting Danvers to remember the crash. Yon Rog killed Marvell to prevent her from destroying the engine before the Cree could recover it. Destroying the engine herself, Danvers absorbed the energy from the ensuing explosion. Just an epic scene. Such Gaining powers, but losing her memory. And then uh, after that, Danvers, Talos, Fury, and Rambo locate Lawson's cloaked laboratory orbiting Earth, where Lawson hid several scrolls, including Talos's family. That's where you discover he really was just looking for his fam, not the core. Man. But also, you know what they found? Ding, 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 ding. The Tesseract. Bringing it back. Oh, oh love it. <laughs> That's what the MCU is really all about. Mm-hmm. What is going on with the Tesseract, the power source of Lawson's engine? There, Danvers is captured by Star Force and interfaces with the Supreme Intelligence. Danvers removes the Kree implant that suppressed her powers during their encounter, allowing her to reach her full potential. In the subsequent battle, Fury retrieves Goose, who is revealed to be an alien flurkin. Goose swallows the Tesseract. It's <laughs> a classic scene. The cat just all these like octopus like tentacles coming out swallows the tesseract and scratches fury blinding his left eye danvers destroys a kree bomber forcing kree officer ronan the accuser and his squadron to retreat it's just that epic scene she's like coming into her powers and she just flies through Mm -hmm. the the bomber yeah it's her classic move and then she just like floats in front of ronan and yeah. he's like let's go we should probably leave what's and that so they line go, he says you, oh it's like... my che- it's uh, save it <laughs> okay because it's my line i love that line though <laughs> yeah, it's my line <laughs> and then so then they so they retreat ronan retreats if you guys don't remember ronan is the guy who cannot put down his big old hammer he's just carrying that big sledgehammer yeah. all the time True. Then Danvers overpowers Yon Rog and sends him to Hollow with a warning for the Supreme Intelligence. That epic scene where Yon Rog is like, Put away the light show. Show me now that you can defeat me without your powers. And then she just blasts him. <laughs> She's like, yep. I don't have anything to prove to you. She departs to help the scrolls find a new homeland, leaving Fury a modified pager to contact her in an emergency. So young Fury has this way to contact her. Fury drafts an initiative to locate heroes like Danvers, naming it after her Air Force call sign, Avenger. In a mid credit scene set in 2018, the ad- activated pager is being monitored by the modern-day Avengers, the 2018 Avengers. Uh, so you got Cap is there, and uh, who else is there? Cats there. Natasha. Who? Natasha. Yeah, Natasha's there. That's what I meant. Nat. Oh, cat. When you said cat. It was like who's cat? Yeah, <laughs> Nat. This <is> what I meant. 
and then uh, yeah, the pager stops, and it's because Danvers is there, and she's looking for Fury. Yeah. And then in the post post credit scenes, Goose the Flurkin climbs onto Fury's desk and barfs up the Tesseract, mm-hmm. proving once again that the MCU is a story of the Tesseract. So yeah. that's the uh, that's the story. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Um. Yeah. Should we? I mean, if we're gonna get into critical reception on this movie, I it's. It's it's a very mixed bag. I'm just gonna like personally, I love this movie. Do I think it's the best movie ever made? Not necessarily, but do I love it dearly? Yes. It's it was the first Marvel movie I ever saw in theaters. Um, it was really, really special. Yeah. Um, I yeah I I love this movie, but people have said it's confusing. I know. Um, there's big big issues with men hating carol but they never have any good reason to hate her so Mm -hmm. that's a little mm. um and then yeah it's according to wikipedia so take it with a grain of salt but according to wikipedia it's number 12 on the list of highest grossing super superhero movies right now so Not Did bad. Pretty, pretty good at the box office. Yeah, on the top 50. Almost the top 10. Um, Yeah, but a lot of people love this movie. A lot of people love, love, love Carol. Um, I think overall it was a pretty special one that came out. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What, what did you think? Like, what? How do you feel about this movie? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand all the things you're saying. I... I was looking at my Marvel rankings earlier to see like, where, where did I put this? You know, last time I ranked all the movies in order. And I think it was like the low twenties for me out of 36, you know, so it wasn't near the top or even totally right in the middle. It was kind of in the bottom half or third, maybe. Top of the second half. Yeah, Yeah. But after watching it again, um, I liked it a lot more. I could definitely, um, I mean, I'm sure this is true with a lot of movies, but it was not as confusing. You know, once I just kind of like figured out, okay, this is what's happening. It was a very linear Mm storyline. It didn't really feel, once I knew what was happening, like it's bouncing all over the place. And uh, yeah, I'd heard people say that about, um, carol being like kind of wooden and not very like reactive or whatever and i kind of liked it for the character because i did get mm-hmm. that she's tough like she's yeah. just solid but it almost kind of i i could see how maybe it would have been cool to have her be uh show a little more emotion since a big part of the storyline was mm-hmm. she's always being told not to show emotion Right. And then in the end, she's like realizing that's fine. I can lean yeah. into that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't mind that. I, I I liked the performance and I thought it was good when I was rooting around trying to like, you know, see like, what do, what do people think about this movie? Uh, one thing I discovered that was interesting was that apparently this was the movie that made Rotten Tomatoes change their policy where you can now no longer 
rate a movie before the release date because tons of people went on to Rotten Tomatoes and yeah and said lots of negative things you know so I mean I, I obviously they're going as far and leaning into as much as they can like you know like it get it gets to a point in the movie where it's like really she's a woman wow tell me again you know because mm-hmm. it's like this they're really leaning into that yeah but there's elements of it that are super cool that i think you know like when her and monica like monica or uh maria not maria not monica's mom yeah maria Maria, when she's like giving her a pep talk, Mm -hmm. it just felt like such like a woman moment, you know, Yeah, like not in a bad way, but just like we're friends, we're supporting each other. We've had to put up with this stuff, all kinds. Yeah. I'm like pumping you up. And Mm -hmm. I liked that kind of stuff. I like the story. I like the action scenes. I like the villains. Yeah, I was into it. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, it's so dumb that it's, like, still a controversy, but people still hate her. But there was this whole thing where people were like, she never smiles in this whole movie. And then Brie Larson went in and edited all the pictures of all the other, like, Avengers guys so that they were smiling in their posters because they never (laughs) smile either. And so that was the whole thing yeah and then people are like she's too cocky and arrogant and then it's like okay she has the exact Uh, personality of tony stark but you all love tony stark so there's always there's always drama surrounding carol but i love her who's your favorite character my favorite character in this movie was maria rambo oh nice Uh, yeah i just uh I don't know the name of the the actress that plays her, mm-hmm. uh, but her scenes, like when she, when they're like, when, when Carol first comes back and like, they're sitting in their little kitchenette kind of area and Monica goes off and Carol's kind of like, Nick, why don't you go help her? And it's just the two of them, Carol and Maria together. And Maria starts like, she starts sharing with her like what the last six years were like it's like she's such a good actress Mm -hmm. it was like awesome just the way she was delivering her lines the faces she was making she has this like eye twitch thing where like one eye gets all closed yeah just like mad dogging you know like Mm -hmm. and she had a couple scenes like that i know she wasn't like major major you know in the movie but i thought she was super cool no, she's really important to the story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How about you? I don't know. I love, I had a phase where Carol was my favorite Marvel character for a while. Okay. So Carol's, Carol's personal. I also love Monica because she's kind of my girl after WandaVision. So after WandaVision, I can't like watch this movie the same. Like I have a whole, you have a whole new lens on Monica and you're like, ah, right that's our girl um now she like becomes i mean i know what she becomes in wandavision but isn't she like doesn't she become like captain marvel at some point or yeah so kind of she becomes for, to the best of my knowledge she she becomes a, a hero named photon 
which is kind of like a Captain Marvel like variant type of thing, which we see a little bit of in WandaVision because at the end of the show she gets powers. Um, okay. So she's got those powers and we'll see more of that in the Marvels coming up in the summer. Um, but yeah, love Monica. I have a secret love for Minerva, which is so random, but it's just because it's Gemma Chan, and I love Gemma Chan. So she's uh, she's one of the, the special forces warriors, right? Yes. With, uh, yeah. 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 She's awesome. She's yeah. So oh, she, she's Cersei too. Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. got she's, it. That's why I love her. <laughs> just now, cause, just because she's Cersei. All right. So that, but that's interesting. She's in yeah. the MCU, like. Because yes. I was thinking of yeah, that's not normal that an it's actor not... actor actress is gonna double dip like yeah. that, right? I feel like I mean <clears throat> it, she looks it was... so different. Yeah, she looks super different because she's obviously um Korean in this movie, and I guess she's kind of a space alien in Eternals as well, but um I think their thinking is like waste Gemma Chan. And just put her in like right. three scenes. Like we could definitely use this woman more. And Chloe Zhao will have what Chloe Zhao wants. So I think that's why she got in. But Marvel does stuff like I mean, they recast people. They, you know, I mean Harrison Ford. Did you know this? Harrison Ford is the new General Ross in Thunderbolts. You remember oh, no, General I didn't Ross? Know that. No. He's From the guy. What? He's not in it as much um, in the newer movies. He's um, in a lot of the. He like works for the government, and he's all, he's the one in Civil oh, yeah, War yeah, that's yeah. like presenting the terms, and he's like chasing Natasha down in Black Widow. Yes. So that Sweet actor died. Dash. Yes. Yeah, that actor died. So recently, it's just come out that um, Harrison Ford is going to be playing him in the Thunderbolts movie. Okay. Which is interesting because Harrison Ford hates everybody and everything. So everyone's kind of like, "How did they wrangle Harrison Ford to do oh, this?" Really? But... He's a, he's not a he's not a pleasant man. <laughs> he he likes in Indiana Jones and that's it. He hates Star Wars, so I think he's pretty pissed at like franchisey stuff. But you know what? But he's in Maybe. it all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Nothing he can do about it. So. Yeah. I don't Rock know. On, I feel like Harrison. I'm slandering. Harrison Ford, there's probably Harrison Ford people that are listening to this that are like, what are you talking about right no, now? No, 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 not at all. I mean, if Harrison wants to come on the pod and, you know, yeah. talk about his feelings anytime. Please. Love We'd to love him. to hear your thoughts, Harrison Ford. I've got significant questions about the hair situation because oh. it was gone, gone, gone for a while there in like the 90s. Like we're talking bald and now he has gorgeous hair in all the movies wow. that he's in. You know, I mean, yeah. Hamish, that was like incredible hair. So I'm just kind of wanting to get to the bottom about... of that. <laughs> you're thinking about Woody Harrelson. Oh, you're Harrison saying Harrison Ford. Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I already knew Harrison Ford was a grumpy pants. Yeah. This was like news to me. I'm like, Woody Harrelson, he's a great guy. <laughs> I don't know anything about Woody Harrelson. Oh yeah, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah Harrison no, Harrison Ford. Yeah. Ford oh no, he just wants Thunderbolt to live Ross. up on his ranch in Montana yeah. and have everybody leave him alone. Yeah, and make Indiana Jones nine or whatever. So. Okay, 
Yeah, I was like, man, Woody Harrelson, he really <laughs> likes Indiana Jones. Huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're leaving that in. Weird. I'm not yeah, editing this hanging. out at all. <laughs> that's a great little segment. Yeah. And then I love Talos as well. And I'm a little I'm a little biased right now because I'm in a little bit of a Rogue One phase. So Ben Mendelssohn is our Krennic in Rogue One. And he's also Talos. Yeah, I was I didn't I, I'm trying to put that together. So Talos is played by that actor, right? And then it doesn't make a lot of sense. It really doesn't. Because yeah, so the so so when Talos is impersonating the um, boss of Fury. Yeah, Fury's Keller. Boss. Yeah. Yes, that's Ben Mendelsohn physically and his okay. voice. Yeah, but then that's what also I thought. Ben Mendelsohn is in heavy Talos makeup and like the voice of Talos and everything. Yeah. So copy that's never made sense. It's always confused me a little bit, but whatever. He does a good job, so can't complain. We'll probably yeah. see him more in um, Secret Wars, but or uh. Secret Wars, what I'm, I mean, yes, Secret Wars, but um, Secret Invasion is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. So, yeah, I uh, so I just listed everyone in the movie. We'll also love Fury. Throw him in there yeah. as well. Way to have a take. Yeah. And just pick somebody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Couldn't decide. I just wanted to decide. Okay. It is like it really. Uh, there were a lot of great actors, you know, like we, yeah. have a, we have a point at the end here where we talk about like worst lines. And honestly, as much as people, some people said like that the dialogue was a little bit stiff. I just felt like the writing on this. I loved the dialogue. Yeah. I loved I the lines. I thought it was great. I mean, I, I'm just a guy, but I don't know what you thought about it. No, everyone has me, like was, banter that's fun. Yeah. Inside jokes. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, there were funny lines. Mm -hmm. Can you, is there any way, are we just kind of talking about the movie now? I guess, yeah. So tell me about, because uh, at the beginning they did like a big Stan scroll at the beginning, you know, when the Marvel scroll comes on. It was all about that uh, Stan. What's his name? The he's he like wrote the comics and he's in all. He does Stan the cameos. Lee. Yeah, Stanley. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about that. Like he did he die right after this movie or? Oh, oh, you're talking about him in the Marvel intro. Exactly. Yeah. So, gosh, so long ago. Um, <laughs> off the top of my head, I'm pretty sure he died right before the movie came out i want to say early 2019 and okay. so they kind they of did like a special thing yeah a little homage to stan in that intro oh that's cool uh, yeah actually you know i don't think he died right before i just think that was the the first project since he died okay because the last one before that i believe was infinity war Okay. Which was summer 2018. So Yeah, it says I'm looking online here. They say it was uh, a posthumous appearance. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I saw somewhere that um 
you know, because he's he's there for his cameo in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's there on the tram, uh, and he's reading from the script of Mallrats, and he's mm-hmm. like quoting his like a line from it, mm-hmm. and that apparently Mallrats was his first uh, ever cameo or first ever like on screen film. Yeah. So because of that, in the credits. It says Stan Lee as Stan Lee. Yeah. In the in the credits of uh, Captain Marvel, which I thought yeah. was cool. It is cool because it's like, okay, so Stan Lee is canon in Marvel. Yeah. He's actually just Stan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that ex- explains yeah. that. What did you think of the uh, uh, Fury... And I guess Coulson also the all the CGI on those guys. I like it. I feel like <laughs> I've always felt like they made um, Samuel L. Jackson's face like a totally different shape in that movie. Like, I don't know. There's something about it to me that just looks like it's like a different shape. Like it's more like square <laughs> than I okay. like have ever seen his head look before. So I don't know if it's the, the CGI or just the fact that he's not wearing an mm-hmm. eye patch like he normally is in Marvel mm-hmm. or that he has more hair or whatever. But I have always found that kind of funny. But I don't know if that's just me or if, if I'm crazy. I think Coulson looks good. Coulson was a fun little moment there because at that point, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was still like coming out with seasons um season six i think was airing there's seven seasons of the show um and he's kind of the centerpiece of that and he's the centerpiece of shield but i don't want to say something wrong about the timeline but mm, i don't and that's kind of spoilers for agents of shield i don't want to say anything but it was a big deal because the whole point of agents of shield is that when colson died in avengers Everyone was so pissed because they loved him so much. So they made a show to revive him and say, guys, he didn't actually die. So he had been doing his own thing for six whole seasons. um, And then he got brought back into the main MCU, which is kind of of fun for for S.H.I.E.L.D. fans. It's like, oh, we get to see Coulson again, but not in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So I always like to see him. That's cool. He's a fan yeah. fave. He is. Yeah, I thought the CGI was was pretty good. Yeah, there was yeah. just something like not quite right about Nick Fury, like yeah. his look. But it was you kind of forgot about it after a while. They don't overdo yeah. it to the point where it feels like this is a whole new person. Like, who is this yeah. weird CGI configuration? Because he has to be in the whole movie. So, like, I think they took it a little easy. Yeah, I found myself at one point like just kind of forgetting that it even was CGI. Yeah. And then that made me think, wait, this was what, 2019 that this mm-hmm. came out? And it feels like just last year we were all freaking out about the Mandalorian CGIing Luke Skywalker. And yeah. It was like kind of not super. <laughs> He looked really good in Book of Boba Fett, though. Yeah, 
That's like they came a long way, but it just it was like, you know, 2021 or something. And we're all like, okay, well, they'll get it someday. But this was 2019. They were nailing Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a star. I mean, Star Wars always does that. Star Wars did it for Tarkin and then they did it for Luke and they did it for Leia and then they did it for Luke again. So they really like CGIing people. Yeah. People hated Tarkin, but I thought that was one of their best ones. Tarkin was 2016. Like, of course, he wasn't going to be perfect, but he looks really good. Dude, when I saw it in the theater, I was like, yeah. wait, where did they get this guy? Mm-hmm. That guy's definitely dead by Literally. now. Yeah. Where did they get this body double? For real. It looks good. What a shame. Sam and I were just talking about this the other day. Yeah. The, the technology will always get better and better, but. One thing that's interesting is I think with the scrolls, that is all almost all um, practical, I believe. Like it's makeup and prosthetics. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. What was the word you use? Practical. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that's a real word to use, but like. Oh God! Um, I thought you were dropping some like cinema. I think it's the right term. Me. Like practical, <laughs> practical special effects. It's the. Uh, okay like physical like it's not it's yeah. not through the computer so yeah i'm sure they did some cg i'm not actually completely sure but i know i remember reading stuff about how like they could barely move and they could barely eat and they just had to like eat things through like straws because they could like barely open their mouths i mean you'll see i think it's funny i'm thinking about this now Ben Mendelsohn as an actor, I think he moves his like lips a lot when he's talking. He's a very like his mouth moves a lot, but when he's Talos, his mouth like barely moves. And I think it's just because of the prosthetics; he could barely move like right. without like cracking all the makeup. So that's pretty cool. That's interesting, though. They did a great job. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I loved. Uh, I mean. Part of what was so fun about this movie, I mean, and you you could tell they were definitely hyping this during the previews a lot before the movie came out, but mm-hmm. I loved the the era kind of nostalgia yes. st- uh, stuff to it. I mean, she's rocking a yeah. Nine Inch Nails t-shirt half the movie mm-hmm. and dressing grunge, you know, when she steals the guy's motorcycle. Yeah. And, you know... They had just uh, some really great songs from that era in the soundtrack and in some of the epic like fighting scenes mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, using words like fresh. Yes. Talking about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Mm-hmm. And then the, just the computer stuff was just the best. Like yeah. loading, a, <laughs> loading an old slow CD-ROM and waiting for it to load. Yeah. Or when she's in the internet cafe mm-hmm. looking up the... I forget the name of the bar, but she's looking it up, you know, and just like waiting and waiting like, oh, my yeah. God, this is taking forever. I just loved all that stuff because, I mean, obviously I was there for it. So it's good memories. Yeah, they they they're not subtle about the fact that it's a period piece. They like they really drop you into it and yeah. fully embrace it. I think even more than first avenger to be honest because first avenger doesn't utilize a lot of i mean i think people would have lost their minds but first avenger doesn't use like a a like a 1940s soundtrack 
right um, for most of its movie yeah, or would not do anything like that. that people would have gotten so mad but <laughs> this movie is proud that it's made in or that it takes place in 1995 and it's yeah. definitely i mean they did a whole thing i remember when the movie came out they had this website that was like the captain marvel website but it was like a 90s website and it oh, was like good. you can still find it today it's like a 90s like website basically Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's pretty pretty fun promotional brilliant. tactic. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I just want to say I love the soundtrack to this movie. Um, Pinar Toprak is the composer. She's the first female composer for a Marvel okay. Studios project. If you can believe that, this is. Gosh, I sound so uneducated. I don't know what project, like what number project it is. It's like 20 something maybe, but um, yeah, there were not, this is the first uh, female composed MCU project, which is pretty awesome. But also I just love her style. She did such a good job. And then I actually had the privilege of getting to hear her talk about this live at D23. And that was oh, one of wow. my big highlights from D23. Yeah, we got to, we went to this panel where they interviewed her and Tyler Bates, who did the Guardian score, and Laura Cartman, who did What If and Miss Marvel. And, but yeah, she's from Turkey and she came to America when she was young and just wanted to be a composer. and yeah she ended up getting connected with marvel she's also made like the new there's a new theme for epcot in disney world she wrote the theme for that like wow. but she you could just like listening to her talk was so cool she had like so much passion for the project and i think it's a really unique score because i think this was around the time personally this is a personal opinion but i personally i think it's around the time when marvel started to get more intriguing with their scores and not just mm. same old same old um alan silvestri type like orchestral epic scores which can be good but like it's unique it's got like a um like a computerized element to some of the sound and it's like a little bit 90s sounding sometimes and it's just it's it's a fun score. Captain Marvel's theme is cool. Yeah, I I really I really like the score for this movie. I had a little bit of a phase with it. Would this have been one of the scores that you would just listen to standalone? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> right up in yeah my for room. for me, I mean, I'm not a huge like. I don't I don't know the names of these people. I mean, I barely know who Woody Harrelson is, but. <laughs> Uh, clearly you don't know who harrison ford is yeah exactly yeah but uh i like i mentioned earlier i loved a lot of the songs that were just not mm -hmm. from the composer but just soundtracky yeah, kind of songs yeah. you know i don't know i mean it seems like i guess these big like blockbuster movies they have to have a a uh a composer who composes you know original uh, score that goes behind mm -hmm. it but uh i remember movies that used to be like a big deal like what's the soundtrack i need the soundtrack to mm -hmm. that movie you know so to get some salt and pepper 
some TLC, mm-hmm. some Nirvana, some REM. Stefani. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that's when she was in no doubt <laughs> yes but yeah that was that was pretty pretty cool yep yeah it's a fun one marvel's yeah, always the whole, the whole movie is that. just so fun you know yeah like the yeah the soundtrack reflected it for sure but yeah i just it was, it was a fun movie i th- i think for me watching it this time i watched it a couple of times before we recorded before you know sitting down together it just grew on me a lot mm-hmm. and i felt like i really like this character i like the struggle that she's having mm-hmm. and dude i love what she becomes at the end i mean she's just like so mayhem powerful yeah it's crazy i love that part of it you know it's and fun. then when she shows up to the avengers like all right i'm here yeah it's it's really interesting because i read this in a post a long time ago and it's just stuck with me ever since but it was just talking about how like of course women love like captain marvel and like wonder woman was another big one at that time Mm -hmm. that this came out like big female superhero movies because we'd never really gotten to experience like you know how when you like see yourself on screen like i assume this is what it's like for you when you see a man like beating somebody up or just like totally dominating in a fight scene like you get so hyped and you're like oh my gosh this is so cool i could watch this forever and ever you don't feel the same when you're a woman watching a man do that so i feel like we just never got it but then watching her like demolish people in this movie you're like oh my gosh, I finally understand why men (laughs) like superhero movies so much because they get to experience this all the time. This like feeling of like just complete empowerment. Like I could do that too. Like I could, (laughs) you know, beat everybody up and win this fight. And just like, it's so like that, that scene with the like arm wrestle for the Tesseract. I love that part. It's just, it's because she's just dominating and it's, you know, you have no doubt playing in the background. Yeah and it's just yeah it's like i feel like we just never like or at least i never like realized like and get superhero movies until now like i understand why men are so obsessed with these movies because they get to see themselves so hyped up all the time and now we're getting that a little bit too so that's good yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure sure that's part of it the pump up yeah we love seeing things blow up yeah we love seeing big weapons and mm-hmm. guns like when she's when she's when she's chasing the alien spaceship mm-hmm. and they she's like got a lock on it you know like her sights are locked on it like mm-hmm. how many times have you seen that in some army move some right. military movie you know like i've got a lock yeah. and then the and then they start shooting backwards at her Mm -hmm. and she actually says it like oh they're shooting backwards yeah (laughs) it's like every guy is just like i've drawn that a million times when i was a little boy like why don't they make a gun that goes backwards (laughs) that'd be like the brilliant thing (laughs) finally the aliens figured it out (laughs) yeah like we just love all that kind of stuff not to speak for the entire male species but yeah yeah, I get what you're saying. 
it does pump you up a little bit. Yeah, like the way you feel when you watch like Rocky. That's that's how I feel when I watch Wonder Woman. Like, yeah. Oh my gosh, this is so powerful and dominating, and yeah, can win this fight. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's fun for that. What do you think? Because we should wrap this up. But what do you? What What was your thought on the worst? The worst line. Well, like I said earlier, it was it was tough. It's kind of hard for me to pick one because I really yeah. did like the dialogue. And <laughs> so, but for me, maybe it's just because I was groping for a bad line by the end of the mm-hmm. movie. But at the end, when Ronan is uh, there in his ship and he realizes we need to retreat, they're there at planet earth to try to get the core you know the energy core they can't get it but he's looking at her out the window just floating in front of his spaceship and uh he tells his sidekick like we gotta go we gotta leave but then he says we'll be back for the weapon and the other guy says the core and then he says the woman the woman <laughs> yes <laughs> it's not it's not that the line was delivered poorly it wasn't ronan nailed it but uh it just i don't know it's a little cheesy at that a point yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like one of those moments where i'm like i got that she's a woman you know like yeah. the surprise is worn off now i'm an hour and a half into this mm-hmm. i'm really in support I'm excited about it. Yeah. It's not like, what this oh you guys, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. We got a woman superhero. She is, yeah. <laughs> so it uh, felt like uh just a little t- over the top. That was yeah. that was mine. Yeah. How about you? I get it. I don't know. I was reaching too. It's it's hard. I, I was like, this is so much easier to come up with good lines than than bad ones. <laughs> But I don't know. know. I felt like Captain America, the first Avenger, was really giving us plenty of opportunities. That's true. true. When we go back to like Iron Man and all those next week. Oh, yeah. It's coming. They're queued up right now. Yeah. I put down, there's like this part where they're in the car and Fury's like, what do you want? And she's like, to stop the scrolls before they become unstoppable. And I was just like, wow, this is comic book at its finest. This is super cheesy. But also, I feel like it's intentional. So I can't really gripe because the whole point is that she's just had this like Cree manifesto nailed into her brain for so long. She doesn't even know what she's saying. Like, it's so right. stupid sounding. So, you know. It's like, why? What What are they doing to you? Like, at this yeah. point, we're just kind of like, how are they going to become unstoppable? We know nothing about them, but like, go off, I guess. So, I think the cheesiness is intentional, but nevertheless, it is cheesy. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. You know, one thing that was a little interesting to me with this movie, with the storyline, was just how quickly everybody shifted to these like radically new realities in their lives so Mm. like maria rambo is just like yeah you were gone for six years and everybody said you're dead but hey welcome back and you're like an alien and you're Mm -hmm. you know like but she's just super chill about it and then 
for Carol to be like, I have been fighting against the scrolls and that has been my existence. And now I realize I'm a human. Okay. I'm cool with that. And then also Mm -hmm. like just within 48 hours, she's like, I am a human. And I also am going to go traipsing through the galaxies, defending people. And I'm like, I, there's no, I don't need any, I don't need a moment. Yeah. It's just, I'm going to go. It just was like kind of Carol's personality, though. She just yeah, wants to fight, so, so. Yeah. <laughs> she's just like, "Okay, I'm down." Whoever, like, right, whoever punching. Go wreck shop. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's true, but it's like you got a limited amount of time in the movie, and you got to set up a true. lot of plot. So yeah, I don't hold that. Yeah, there too was, much there was a lot them, going but on. yeah, I I get it. I've thought that too before. All right. Well, it was a great little discussion on captain marvel i almost said miss marvel that's not for another 10 years not yet yeah it'll take (laughs) us a little bit so what do we have what do we have next coming up after uh what will be releasing next month iron man i think right yeah got to double check but yeah i was looking a little earlier we've got some iron man's come up four coming up yeah hulk Mm -hmm. coming up so we're we're gonna be All in a that. I don't know if a funky is the right word, but we're going old school. Yep. Going back to the for classics a for a while. Yep. Yeah. Cause just reminding everybody we're doing the timeline, mm-hmm. not the release date. Yep. Bear with us. The but timeline. maybe you haven't watched these all in a while. I know it's definitely been a minute since I watched Incredible Hulk, so that's gonna be quite the rewatch. But it'll be kind yeah. of fun after She Hulk to see um abomination again and all, all that all the little references in there so for sure yeah for we'll sure. get there right on all right yeah thanks everybody for listening um to another episode and um if you liked this be sure to give us a follow subscribe to the podcast maybe write us a good review we would totally appreciate that um, we love to hear it. Thank you for all of your kind words last week. Super encouraging. Love to hear that you guys are enjoying the conversation. And yeah, that about sums it up. So, and if any yeah. of you guys know Woody Harrelson, you know, ha- have him feel free <laughs> to pass on those Woody's his contact information. Yep. Slash Harrison. Be happy to connect with him. Mm-hmm. Yep, we would love to talk to either of those men. (laughs) (laughs) We're signing off. Thanks for listening, everybody. And tune in next time for Iron Man. Right on. See you guys.